Hi, and welcome everyone to Whole Soul School and Foundation's Fireside Chats for June 2022. I'm Marie Moeller, and I'm an author, intuitive life coach, and a co-host of these Fireside Chats. And I'm here today with Lacey Frazier, my co-host, who is a clinical psychologist by training and a practicing life coach and consciousness educator today. We want to welcome our listeners who are joining us today. Our mission here at Whole Soul School and Foundation is to increase self-awareness, personal empowerment, conscious communication, transformation, and freedom in people worldwide through our Good Vibes broadcasting and consciousness teachings. We believe that these conversations are the education, and we thank you for joining us. If you are inspired by our Good Vibes broadcasts and want to pay it forward, we invite you to make a donation through our website at wholesoulschoolandfoundation.org. You can also support our mission and vision by visiting our shop on bonfire.com and purchasing some great designs on a variety of, of apparel. Lastly, I want to thank our amazing donors who support us and our greater mission so we can continue to grow and create our vision for a world that is so ready for positive change. We send our appreciation to our supporters for your generous donations and adding your positive energy into our intentions of empowering people to courageously and steadily transform their lives. And so without further ado, I want to welcome everyone and welcome you, Lacey, to our Fireside Chats conversation today. So thanks for joining me. Absolutely. We have covered the hero's journey over the past year, the past 12 months, right? Last month, we spoke about bridges in our transformation processes in our lives. And this month, world events unfolding and things still to come are really characterized by the deepest qualities of change and transformation. Our world has been in a kind of metamorphosis at the very least since March of 2020 when COVID came onto the scene. And we have been in a chrysalis of sorts ever since, going through a personal and global transformation, whether we like it or not. So we thought we might focus today on a story and a metaphor for the process of change that may add to our growing language and our growing and increasing self-awareness in this process of global change and personal growth that seems to tenaciously and persistently continue to expand and unfold. So let's talk a little bit more about that today, Lacey. Would you lead us off with this story that it sounds like it's something that you maybe teach or share with clients, and I think it might be helpful for people to have this language and this awareness in their journeys right now. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, this is a story that is ca- it's called the teacup story, and it is by an unknown author. And I love this story in the sense that it really is such a metaphor for uh, change and transformation and sort of trusting that process. And I think there's no time like the present on our planet to, to embrace change and transformation as best we can. And, and we will also talk about some of the qualities and skills that, that one needs to sort of weather some of the storms that are that are happening today. So, so yeah, so I'd love to read this story and then we can jump off and talk about it. The Teacup Story. There was a couple who used to go to England to shop in the beautiful stores. They both liked antiques and pottery and especially teacups. 
This was their 25th wedding anniversary trip. One day in this beautiful shop, they saw a beautiful teacup. They said, may I see that? We've never seen one quite so beautiful. As the lady handed it to them, suddenly the teacup spoke. You don't understand, it said. I haven't always been a teacup. Oh, there was a time when I was just red and I was clay. And my maker took me and rolled me and patted me over and over. And I yelled out, let me alone, let me alone. But he only smiled and said, not yet. Then I was placed on a spinning wheel, the cup said. And suddenly I was spun around and around and around. Stop it, I'm getting dizzy, I screamed. But my maker only nodded and said, not yet. Then he put me in the oven. Ah, I never felt such heat before, the teacup said. I wondered why he wanted to burn me, and I yelled and knocked at the door. I could see him through the opening, and I could read his lips as he shook his head. Not yet. Finally, the door opened. He put me on the shelf, and I began to cool. There, whew, that's better, I said. And he brushed and painted me all over, but the fumes were horrible. I thought I would gag. Stop it, stop it, I cried. But he only nodded and said, not yet. Then suddenly he put me back into the oven, not like the first oven. This one was twice as hot and I knew or felt I would suffocate. I begged and I pleaded, I screamed and I cried. All the time I could see him through the opening, nodding his head saying, not yet. Then I knew there wasn't any hope. I would never make it. I was ready to give up, but the door opened and he took me out and placed me on the shelf. One hour later, he handed me a mirror and he said, look at yourself. And I did. I said, that's not me. That couldn't be me. It's beautiful. I'm beautiful. I want you to remember then, he said. I know it hurts to be rolled and padded, but if I had left you alone, you would have dried up. I know it made you dizzy to spin around on the wheel, but if I had stopped, you would have crumbled. I knew it hurt and was hot and disagreeable in the oven, but if I hadn't put you in there, you would have cracked. I know the fumes were bad when I brushed and painted you all over, but if I hadn't done that, you never would have hardened. You would not have had any color in your life. And if I hadn't put you in that second oven, you wouldn't have survived very long because the hardness would not have held. Now that you are a finished product and you see your beauty, you are what I had in mind when I first began with you. Hmm. And it says author unknown. Author unknown. So, you know, when I, when I read that, I just get such a, it's such an overwhelming reminder of, of trusting the process, you know, that there is a process going on and that, and that, you know, when, when, when he says, you know, you would have dried up or you, had I not done this, you would have crumbled. Had I not done that, you would have cracked. Had I not done that, you wouldn't have had color in your life. Had I not done that, your hardness would not have held. Had I not done that, you know, he's asking 
the teacup to trust in this larger process, that there is a purpose to it all. Even the most grueling, even the hardest times, the traumatic times, um, the times that make us feel like we are are, are burning up, that, that our life doesn't make sense, whether that's through trauma or tragedy or simply deep suffering, you know. Um, so I think this story, I wanted to bring this story into our conversation because clearly, as you mentioned in the introduction, you know, we've been going through sort of an experience like this teacup in our world over the last two years, two and a half years, almost three years now, right? right? And I think that I want to help our listeners, I want to remind our listeners through this conversation, uh, lots of things, you know, to trust in the process, to understand that things are, are happening in order to stretch us and mold us, help us shift and change. And, and maybe most importantly, to call on ourself, to ground ourself, to anchor ourself during these, these challenging times. Yeah, and it's, it's a great story because I think many people feel pulled and stretched and squeezed. And, you know, and I think if, if we were that teacup and say we have traits of inflexibility or a lots of attachments or what you hear the teacup, it can't be attached to any one of those stages of what's happening to itself because there's another stage coming, right? There were just each of these components made it what it became in the end. And I think we're all in a process of becoming, and that's been true of humanity for a long time, but we are living in a time where big things happen, right? Throughout history, there have been these significant moments in different parts of the world where big things happened. And we are living now globally in experience where big things are happening a little bit of everywhere, right? So everywhere that the sun touches, change is happening. And it really calls up like in our conversations as we have talked deeper about the stages of the hero's journey we're always talking through the lens of the hero's journey the heroic soul this process um, you know if we don't have skills in a particular aspect of the journey right well this is your perfect opportunity to grow some right? That's your perfect opportunity to expand into learning some new skills if you feel like, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like the uncertainty. I don't like feeling stretched and the not knowing. I think that this is a time to call out these traits that are inside a hero. You think all the people that we read about in our mythologies and our stories through, you know, the centuries and the decades of all the literature that we have, they don't they don't become who they're destined to become and who they're ult- the hero that they're ultimately meant to be in the world and bring those lessons and messages back the way that only they can unless they go through this stretching process. Right. Right. So I think that's a great story to at Is least... Because that, that teacup could never have become the teacup without, without all of that hardship, you know. And I, I think it, I, I printed off several kind of character traits and words that really speak to probably what what we need inside of ourselves to move through these times right um and what that teacup clearly wish it had known <laughs> or the traits or, or uh, what it became what in it became. the process yeah. right yeah exactly and one of the first w- words that i wanted to talk with you about and you're kind of bringing it up energetically is the concept of resilience 
Mm. You know, we use that word kind of, you know, maybe we use that word and we don't really know what it means all the time. Um, But I want to read the definition and then talk a little bit deeper about what that word means um, to get us started here. Please. So resilience means the ability of someone, of people to bounce back from adversity, right? So in psychology, resilience often refers to, to a set of mental processes that a person must go through to overcome a traumatic event. I think there are even eight stages of resilience, which mm. we don't necessarily need to get into on this podcast. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that I believe is that resilient people, they, they don't only come out of adversity stronger, but they often find meaning in the experience itself and they grow from it. You know, um, resilience is not only about recovering, but it's also about sustaining and growing. And I think that's very much, I mean, we've, we've touched on the essence of what I just, just said in the hero's journey a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Because the rising hero within is, it's us. And if we can, if we can have kind of look through the lens um, at anything we're going through as any adversity we're going through as something that is happening for for a reason we're trusting that process and that we have uh, we look at it as an experience to learn from and grow from and in the deepest sense mm-hmm. you know uh, and and I think that's so a characteristic of resilient people in general is that they know that right they see adversity as opportunities to grow and learn from. Yeah, there's a sense of even if it's uncomfortable for them as in in their own experience that they know that there it is purposeful. Yes. And and they can they can almost the word might be embrace. They can almost embrace unpleasantness or challenges because they know it's leading them into a deeper part of themselves or deeper skills. It's growing them as a person and I would say as a soul that uh, they are that that resilience is part of trusting the process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking as you were talking about the teacup, and I was thinking while the teacup was going through that process, the teacup didn't know that it needed resilience to go through the process. It's it, it's like I imagine the teacup learned it in hindsight, right. Well, and it seems like the changes that were happening to the teacup when it was clay, and I don't remember each of the yeah. different stages, yeah. but when it's going through that, it's, it's on the spinning wheel, first spinning it's wheel, the oven. and then it goes into a deeper oven, right? Um, it, 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 it doesn't understand, and it is, you hear it in fear. It's crying out in fear because it doesn't like something that it's experiencing for the first time, Right. And so, and yet it goes through the experience anyway, because it's maker, right? And we can talk about that as a metaphor of an artist. We can talk about that as a metaphor of, of a writer. We can talk about that as a metaphor of a filmmaker or a storyteller, whatever it or might God. be. Yeah. But it can also be, you know, the bigger maker, right? Mm-hmm. The grand creator, which some people may call God or mm-hmm. the living universe or whatever people's language might be for that. But that is true of our own experiences. And so not every experience that someone is having is pleasant. Not all growth experiences, I don't have to tell our audience this, right, is positive, that it feels fun and fabulous and adventurous. Sometimes it is painful. Sometimes 
things in our life are being stripped away, or sometimes it's through a great loss, or sometimes it's through a great stretching, or sometimes it's through a pandemic where it, it you know, calls us to reevaluate our beliefs or take a look at ourselves, and we see fear coming up in the ways that it expresses. And we may not like it, but in that process, it seemed like the teacup's clay, the maker kept moving that clay into its next better form that it needed to be in to become what it was ultimately going to become, which the maker knew at the, the ending at the beginning by knowing it was going to become a teacup, right? But the teacup doesn't know that. So there's a trusting of the unknown. There's this trusting of the process. And resilience comes in. And again, I don't think the teacup had it in the beginning, but may have it towards the end. That's a gift that it gleans from the hero's journey. But those that have been on multiple rounds of the hero's journey recognize the signs of this situation calls for some resilience, right? And resilience to me also is an aspect of flexibility because you have to suspend your judgment you have to be discerning and suspending your judgment at the same time in any experience, trusting the process that you are being led to something greater. There are aspects that you can, you said there's eight stages of resilience, this particular website or, you know, where you got that information from. There might be different stages of even any one of these words we're going to use. And I think it probably does break out into other aspects of itself. But I think resilience is part of that being incredibly flexible to experience things you may never have before, while also being discerning and knowing your sovereign choice to make choices. In this story of the teacup, the clay doesn't have much choice because the maker has a plan for it, right? But I think in the larger context, we are the creators of our lives. And we can make choices in that resilience if we even know to be looking for resilience. And that's part of why we podcast like this, Lacey, is to give people a language if they are experiencing something uncomfortable, if they are feeling stretched, if they haven't had this language before and somebody's saying, well, yeah, tell me something good that's going to come out of this, right? Which could be the pandemic. It could be the loss of a job or, you know, families falling apart or people having to move to different parts of the country or the world just because work has been more challenging to find in these times, whatever it might be, people might say, tell me what's positive about this, right? And the resilient soul, the resilient heroic soul may be in the midst of it. They don't know what's so great about what's happening right now, but they're flexible enough to allow it to play out while they're also conscious and discerning enough of their own choices that can guide a more positive experience than just being the victim of their experience, right? Mm. So in the story of the teacup, they don't get into all of that, right? The reactive creator and the, you know, the conscious creator and all those things. That's not quite the metaphor. But I still think when we're thinking about resilience, I think when you're an empowered creator, when you're an empowered heroic soul in the, in the journey, you can embrace the qualities of a resilient soul if you know to be looking for them. If you don't know to be looking for them, you may in fact feel like a victim, which is how I think the teacup starts out speaking like, wait, no, don't do that. Right? I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And that's a little different than 
being a soul that allows kind of a witness observer of their Mm -hmm. own experience, that they know they're a creator. Oh, these things are happening that don't feel pleasant, but I know I'm still the creator even in the unpleasantness. So I can be able to create the next best choice and experience for me as I grow through this. Yeah, and that's part I, I, of resilience. Absolutely. I was thinking about, I, I just had an image of this particular teacup on a shelf, right? In, in mm-hmm. all of its beauty being done. Yeah. And then watching the maker make the next teacup and, and kind of yelling from afar, don't worry, trust the process. It'll be okay. Right. Right. And that's the mentor kind of in the hero's right? journey. Exactly. Because when the teacup's in it, if it's never been through it before, like you said, it's reacting out of a state of fear because it doesn't. It's it's dealing with the unknown. Well, and I hear this process as having watched several kids go off to college and being in college orientations. They're kind of saying the same thing. You're, the kids show up as freshmen, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's high school or whether it's college or kids who are entering a new school situation maybe they've moved but i'm going to use the metaphor of preparing for college because i just was at a college orientation process and that's exactly kind of how they're talking to these students you know some things right you've obviously survived and thrived and graduated and you've been accepted into our school which is a milestone unto itself but you're going to learn a whole new set of skills here and you're going to feel like you don't know things and you're going to have to trust the process and we've seen many you know cohorts of students go through our programs and our schools and our educational process and you will rise right and we will give you every opportunity to rise your resilience will be tested you will be stretched in classes some professors you're going to understand some you won't right some of our philosophies and the way we do things here are going to resonate with you and some won't right but you're going to give, be given plenty of opportunities to you know, seize these, seize this experience, and we can use the word adventure here. And I think that's also another illustration in the world of things that happen to us, right? right? That could also be if you start a job for the first time, you've graduated now, and you're getting your first job, and you haven't worked, and you haven't had a paycheck yet, but you have people in your organization or your company that are going to say, don't worry, we do have a process for doing things. You're going to learn as you go, right? And we have, so how often do we, we can talk about COVID like it's the anomaly, which it was, a, it, this particular experience has not been experienced as globally ever, I think, on the planet before. But in the same vein, it calls up similar skills that if you know there's a mentor somewhere here, if you know that I can recognize that I'm on a call to adventure and I'm leaving my ordinary world, Right. If we're aware that there's going to be tests, allies and enemies in the journey, when you have the hero's journey and you have the language in your back pocket, right, then when these things come and you are in a new situation, you hear them inviting you to trust a process that you haven't yet entered. They're definitely forecasting it right into your experience. You don't know what you don't know. But if there is a sense of adventure and you have that heroic soul presence inside yourself, you can tap into the energy of resilience, even if you've never experienced that thing before. And if you really think about your life, you made it through kindergarten, you made it through first grade, right. you were on the soccer team, you tried out you know, this club or that club, or you joined a choir, you have tried new things before and you've come through those experiences. And I think it's important to draw on, you've had many times, you know, if you're listening to this, I bet your resilience has been tested in other ways. And we might have this 
some people might have this language and more the victim consciousness of this terrible thing has happened, right? This experience on the planet globally, this pandemic, we've never dealt with that. And the fear of the clay could be saying, wait, don't do this, don't stop. And the fear is talking. But we can also go inside ourselves, which, you know, some people did and say, we don't know what this is, but we're going to ride out this storm. And people who can meet that more confidently, more resiliently, and more courageously are people that have this language that can admit and say, I don't know what this is, but I know I have within me whatever I need. And there's something that does, yeah. Yeah, and that and that's kind of a nice segue into into a word that kind of describes what you just said, which is which is fortitude. Mm. You know, the definition of fortitude is strength of mind that enables a person to encounter danger or bear pain or adversity with courage. Right? right? Which is essentially what what you're saying. So, in other words, sort of resilience is is our ability to bounce back from adversity. And I think really because we we find meaning in experiences and we 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 set an intention or we're looking through a lens in which we're willing to grow, right? We're willing to evolve, we're willing to expand ourselves through this experience, through the adversity. And fortitude is kind of more describing having the strength to face whatever we need, to have the courage and the strength to face whatever we need. It's a component, I think, in in my view, of resilience, right? We need the fortitude for the resilience and... Fortitude feels, um, to me, uh, very sort of a a deep grounding, a deep anchoring ourself. It's deeper than strength. It is. Right. If you think about the root word fort yes, in fortitude, I, I it's the quality of being a fort. Or I don't want to say fortress, like a fortress that like, you know, boxes out everything else and goes into deep defense mechanisms, but a str- strong structure, right? A strong foundation. You have a strong fortitude inside yourself that's a strength that is acquired in the journey, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times people say, well, I don't feel strong. Well, if you don't feel that now, you're growing it, right? If you don't have it, you're growing it. That's what these experiences offer to us. Well, and, and also when you said it that way, it made me think about how the strength may look like vulnerability, mm. right? So it may be that that a fortitude, fortitude in someone... Um, I, I really like the energy of, of fort, like you're, you're grounding, you're, you're, you're preparing and you've got courage. You're going to face whatever you need to face with fortitude, but there's also having sort of strength and a willingness to face it in being vulnerable. That may be the strength that a willingness to be vulnerable and humble In a time of when you don't know what you don't know or you don't know how it's going to play out. And you certainly don't know what your experience of that is going to be. But there can be a deep strength in admitting that you don't know, but admitting that you do have the stuff inside to rise to the occasion and move through whatever that is. I mean, I'm not a history buff, but I would imagine people who are deep into history or think about historic or biblical events, you know, there's plenty of times in history that we can look to those people and we don't have memory maybe of being there, but 
real people lived through those real experiences. And we can only imagine what they were facing in their time. I mean, we see these movies of time travel, right? Right. Where people fall through time. And it there's brutal times on this planet. There's been a lot of times where people, or they were displaced from their homeland and they had to go find another place to live or floods came or different things have happened. We're not the first humanity, right? The the first um, collective to be alive at the same time to go through something that changed the course of consciousness and the, the planet forever, right? We, we are resilient. And, and in a way, if I speak a little more spiritually, our ancestors in our human, our, our human ancestors have had a fortitude and a resilience in times past that we can draw. It's what Joseph Campbell talks about. Right. You can draw on the strength and the fortitude and the character and the courage and the resilience of people who've transcended times like these before. I think that's what makes people's faith so very strong is when they're being tested, a lot of people turn to sacred texts, yes. right? To hear about somebody who was tested to the nth degree and they made it. They have no idea how they made it, but some their faith combined with God or spirit or angels or whatever it is in their language and in their faith that they see that people transcended whatever that impossible situation was. You know, this is a silly kind of example because you're talking about sort of much deeper and a more spiritual um, approach. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what came to mind was I remember when our kids were little and, you know, they're two, three, you know, one, two, three, four, five, and you're on the playground and you're, you're exhausted and you you know, cause you've got two or three little ones you're watching. And, and, and then I, I remember watching a family walk by who had either teenagers or kids who were off uh-huh. to college. Right. right. <laughs> and I, and I would like, I would beg for a conversation with them because I would I would ask them how did you make it like mm. oh my gosh you made it you if you can make it I can make it you know there right. is a there and this is just obviously metaphoric well, but it's, meet the mentor it, of like somebody else has made it and been through it and and you will too it is possible right? you know it is possible uh, in those moments I remember calling up that feeling of no 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 there are there are people on the planet parents on the planet whose children have gone off to college and become grown-ups right. <laughs> you know but when you have a two three and four year old you're you're not feeling that you're like not even imagining what that could be like yeah um so yeah. a little different but a, di- a different kind of metaphor but it's true i think people call up whatever it is when they can imagine that it helped probably to hear the stories of people who've gone before them mm-hmm. in some way and however we find that in our lives, if it works for you, I mean, this is part of claiming your fortitude. Yes. There's a, sometimes people feel weak or that they don't have the strength. But if you look at your life, there are so many things we've transcended. I remember somebody gave this speech a long time ago. It was like it might have even been in a church service. But someone was talking about You've already won because you had to beat out millions of other sperm even to be here, right? <laughs> so talk about resilience, right? Right. And if we can draw as far back as that into our experience, I'm sure somewhere in preschool or somewhere in your young childhood, in your infancy, or maybe in your first days in school, you know, or maybe in your first play or maybe in your first soccer game or whatever it might be. 
You can think about moments where you were scared then too, just like times like these might elicit that same kind of fear response. But if you think about how did I get through that, whether it was a sporting event, I mean, we all know what I'm talking about. We can, where there was fear, you had to give a presentation. It was the first time you had to speak up in front of the head of the class, right? Right. And, uh, and, and for some people, that's a fabulous experience. And for other people, that like public speaking was terrifying. But we all get through those moments somehow. And I think these traits are more, I don't want to say hardwired, but they're part of our design. Yes. It's not something that's absence from us, but it's something that might be unpracticed and unclaimed. And I think that's what experiences like these give us the opportunity to step up and review and say, I've faced this before. It looks different because the pandemic is a different language, but it's not unlike when I had to give that first speech, right? Or I had to go through graduation. I had to walk across the stage and accept my diploma, or I had to be the first one in school in medical school or wherever it might be to do the exercise and be the example, right? For a lot of people, firsts are, are fearful. They're afraid of things that they just haven't experienced before. But by going through that even one time, you may also be gaining the skills that makes you a mentor. We all are taking the, our place from being the student of experiences to become the teacher of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this goes beyond, I think, the teacup story, because that's just a beginning conversation of like, it really is a metaphor for trusting a process that we're all still in somewhere. Yeah. Right. And yet we will be the stories. We will be the characters. We will be the heroes that people in generations to come will say, but they did the impossible like they they survived that experience and they went on to create new plays and new films and new art and new buildings and new structures and new systems because of what they learned in that experience Mm. we are having a renaissance on our planet even if people don't know that i would imagine the things that seed opportunities for renaissances of consciousness and art and innovation and all those things I wonder if they do um, follow challenging years and times on the planet as well. After humanity gets exhausted with something, we seem to find our way into a period of great creativity. Ah, love that. Right? Well, and, and I think that's so true. And I think it's kind of it goes along with we've talked on here before about learning from contrast, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, the, the, the depth of darkness or despair or tragedy or trauma or whatever that is can only give birth in some ways to... This rising. Yeah. Yes, that's what... And that's where these, this language, fortitude and resilience, and I think you've got a few other words here for us, which we should probably cover. Yeah, yeah. But, and I, and it, we're acknowledging that some other people... We might call it some are more practiced, some are less practiced, but we're all heroic souls, right? Right, And so we're choosing to seed in this podcast the language of more the practicing hero, right? right. The one who's in the journey, who's willing to gain some of this language. Because there's plenty of other words that people could say, you know, they could use words like tragic, suffering, pain, awful, terrible, and, and, and then a whole series of words that connect to more of a victim consciousness of the experience that they're having. And that's not to say that pe- people are not having that heroic 
soul's journey, and that's just the way it's expressing in them. But with a couple of degrees of perception shifts, things that are extremely uncomfortable, things that are extremely painful, where we have to go into places where we really don't know how it's going to go, and there are triggers of fear, we can be saying, where can I find resilience inside myself? What are those layers and aspects of fortitude that are in me, that I've met a similar energy of a challenge like this before, and I will come through this again, right? We can choose to talk to ourselves through empowered language and empowered vision and perception, or we can choose to talk ourselves into the same victim consciousness that traps a whole lot of people, where it's a rut and a well-worn pathway, where they're in the hero's journey, but they're the ones that are like, I didn't get the job, and I didn't get the money, and I didn't get the girl, and I didn't get the, you know, it didn't work out for me. Things never work out for me. That's a lesson in this hero's journey that some people are spending a lot more time learning some resilience, even in victim consciousness, to get to a point of like, I think I've passed this road, you know, right, this crossroads a few times. It feels really familiar. Maybe I don't want to use this language. Maybe I want to listen to people who are talking about other words, other ways I can be talking to myself, looking for things inside myself where I did transcend challenges before. I have the skills inside myself, even if my language right now doesn't reflect that. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, well said. You know, another word that I wanted to bring up is the word grounded. Mm. Um, and, and all of these words, we, they're kind of, they're, they're sort of cousins, mm-hmm. um, but they vibrationally and energetically, they have slightly different meanings, mm-hmm. you know? And when I think about the word grounded and especially grounded in a storm or grounded during hard times, mm-hmm. the first vision I, and you know, me, I always, I'm either using a boating analogy or a water analogy. And, and I remember as a kid, one of my most favorite things to do, we used to do is, we'd be at the water's edge at the ocean and we'd kind of get just close enough to the breaking waves so that we'd see who could remain standing the longest. Mm. And I figured out at some point that by burying my feet as deep as I could in the sand, Mm -hmm. that I was going to stay upright the longest, even with the breaking waves over me because I was grounded right you know and if you can Mm. feel that metaphor um it was it it's powerful and 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 what do we do to ground ourselves during unstable times what do we do to to feel like we're on firm footing when everything around us would suggest would 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 not would have the potential to kind of knock us off our feet right and it's probably different for everybody but I'd love to right. just dialogue about that briefly and with that with that visual of like grounding. And even using this energy of resilience because you might have done that the first time and been knocked down. Yes. And the person has the victim consciousness and gets knocked down two, three, four times by those waves and you see your brother and sister or whoever, you know, that they didn't get knocked down. And the person who talks to themselves and more from the victim side of language can say this doesn't work I can't do it like that you know it's it's just the waves are too big or they're older than me or whatever it might be all the excuses that support the self-talk that keeps you in a you're being defeated by your own task your
your own challenge. But the person who wants to rise up and find another way, there's got to be another way. I mean, that's one of the ways that I always think. There's got to be another way. If this isn't working, there's another way. And you're the master of that. Right? (laughs) And so, but you obviously did that with the waves and found like, oh, look, if I, you know, so you didn't just stay knocked down after the first, I'm I'm guessing you didn't do this perfectly. After you got knocked down one time, you had to intuit or listen for or whatever, find a way that was going to work. And that worked for you, really anchoring your feet, digging deeper down into the sand, which is not unlike what a tree does. I mean, you can see we have yes. tall pines around us and you can see some big storms we've come seen come through, especially this last couple of years. And you can see when these big, the winds get blowing and you can see these huge pines, you know, sway. And I don't know how tall they are. I'm not good with like judging the number of feet that a tree is, but they're tall trees. And what do they have? They have these deep roots that are grounded. So they, they and they're flexible. They're going wherever the wind is blowing them all over the place. But they have those roots. And I know about those roots because they often grow underneath my driveway and they <laughs> pop up the concrete. They're so strong and they're always growing. They're mm. always extending themselves for greater strength and fortitude and grounding to be resilient when those bigger and bigger storms come through. So I think you gave a great example of grounding your feet. You made like a tree in the yeah, ocean yeah. is what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think your example of, of, of trees are, and the roots is just so profound. Exactly. Right. And and that's a call. Now, some people would say, well, it's nice that you're talking about. I don't know how to do that. And maybe that's a podcast to, for itself to break some of these things down. How do you become like the tree that has these deep roots? But that's certainly, we can turn that into a question for now today and say, what are the things that make you feel calmer, better, more serene? Most people... Centered. Centered. Most people feel this when they're in nature. Nature often tends to ground, unless it's you're in the middle of a blizzard or something. Right. In which case you would ground differently. But that's, again, we have the power of choice and discernment amidst the uncertain times, right? Right. So, but it's always better if you can practice these things when there isn't a storm. So when the storm is there, you know exactly what to do, right? It's like why um, as kids or maybe even adults in office buildings, you know, they do practice kind of fire drills. It's like there's this emergency preparedness that if you do it enough times, you will know what to do when the time comes. Right. And that's why I think it's a good idea to have a kind of practice. Don't wait until you're in the middle of the storm, like, okay, I need to find some grounding now. Right, right, right. It's, right. it's far better if you're paying into this aspect, these aspects yes. of you that you take care of yourself in these ways. And you know what is going to, where these trees that send out their roots deep and into the under the lawns and it's kind of the silent creeper but it's kind of creeping and setting itself up to be stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger as it grows taller and taller and trees don't seem to me from anything i can see to stop (laughs) their growth of roots right they just keep putting more out and growing further and deeper and wider that's us, yeah. right? That is a deep form of grounding, and that may be different for everybody, right? right? Some people might find it in nature, and somebody needs to find it inside their journal, right? Right. Everybody finds it in their own way, but well, it's meditation. Never- you know, meditation is a big mm-hmm. yoga. I mean, all, these are like Eastern 
Eastern philosophies, Eastern principles, Eastern medicines, they, they are deeply rooted in a sense of, of groundedness energetically, um, sometimes energetically and sometimes literally. You know, I think about the movement called earthing, mm. uh, where, where its premise is, is connecting to the earth that has an electromagnetic field that's interacting with the electromagnetic field of your body in a very grounding way. Right. Um, so true. And, yeah. and what we're talking about, too, has elements of, these are more ancient tra- traditions or ancient yeah. wisdom, what we're talking about. And I think in this way, humanity is kind of young in its consciousness because with all of our technological advancements, we've forgotten sometimes these deeper ancient practices that do ground us in our spirit. Yes. Right. So it's not enough just to, um, like if you were to prepare for a storm and tie things down, or, you know, if you're on a boat and you sent your anchor down, but there's probably more things to do other than just those things. It's a little bit more of a holistic preparation process and grounding can be like that. Yes. Right. So, um, yeah, I think we're just, we are still in a kind of a storm and maybe we can say stormy times. And I think we are, have learned to grow a kind of resilience through this fortitude and this grounding, gra- groundedness and allowing ourselves to not be attached to like, when is it going to be over? Because a lot of those, the questions you ask is the kind of the vibrational template that you're setting. And I think when people are rushing a process and they really uncomfortable and they ask questions like that, they, those are the kinds of questions that also come from people that are a little less grounded versus somebody's like, the storm is here and we're going to ride out the storm and I've got my grounding inside me and, and the storm will be done when the storm is done, but I am okay. You hear the difference mm. between the people are talking mm. and agitated and frustrated and pushing at it and fighting with the storm or mad at, that it's happening or blaming people that it's happening or blaming Mother Earth or Mother Nature, whatever. And I think we learn when you get deeper in this journey and you acquire more of these skills. And if somebody's talking that way to themselves, it's okay. Just notice it. And notice the difference between how you're talking to yourself and other people around you. It might not be everybody, but you might see some folks. If you just review who is calm in these storms of the last few years, right? Right, right. That might be, you don't even have to have a conversation. You might just notice them as a mentor, right? They're teaching and modeling how you can be grounded. What are the kinds of things? Maybe they take a walk on the beach every day. Maybe they go for a hike in the mountains or on the nature trails, something. Something about what they're doing is growing those roots. You know, and I think like just to, to round us out into the last word that I'd love to cover, which I think in a way encapsulates every word we've done so far is this word empowerment Mm. and you've you've used it several times so far today Um, and I think about that tree Mm. you know that's growing its roots that tree is is grounding itself and growing its roots it's not counting on the tree next to it to grow its roots right right? it's it's counting on itself and um, I really see that word empowered that inner power, uh, that personal responsibility for myself and how I think and how I feel and how I behave and how I walk through the world, um, you know, is is really, really important. It's sort of, I call it kind of inside out living. You know, we are, we have to, we are 
evolving and learning to tap into our own inner inner strength, inner fortitude, inner resilience, inner groundedness, right? Mm-hmm. And when we do, we feel more empowered. We realize that the power lies within us mm. to create our own reality, to experience life on our terms, you know, as opposed to uh, believing that that power lies outside of ourselves. Absolutely. And that to, to, to have that bigger picture vision, it's kind of like an umbrella perception. It's kind of, you know, definitely more of an aerial view. To, to The empowerment is, again, more like resilience. That's something that you glean on the other side as you've come through it and you're kind of in a review process, right? You can see this empowerment that grew inside you when you weren't focused on empowerment. It's when you were in the storm and you were doing, you know, in, engaging in these practices of grounding and you were stepping up with greater fortitude and allowing the process and trusting the process inside yourself. And you got blown down by the wind or the waves took you down or you know the a loss in some way might have taken you down or a challenge in some way shattered the way that you'd always done some things that we we see ourselves um you know in this process emerge as a bigger version of ourselves and when we can have this self-awareness to look at ourselves and all that we've accomplished which is why i encourage people to take a look at other times that you've transcended something or you've moved through something successfully somebody something you thought you were never going to get through when you were younger or something that did seem impossible there probably are stories like that for all of us where we can look and say but i did it before what, why, what, where is the self-talk coming from, which is that inside that little self, right? The little awareness of self, more the ego speak inside us that will tell us you can't do these things, right? Or um, this is impossible or the world has never faced these things. And there's a lot of fear, 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 fear conversation, whether it's with yourself or other people around you. But humanity prevails. It's been through so many challenges storms and floods and um, plagues and all kinds of things through the centuries and we are still here and we are the descendants of those beings who are courageous in their own experiences and there are people who were heroes before us and we are the heroes of our today now And whether people view themselves as that or they don't view themselves as that, we are still in a long chain of a human family that is showing how it's done. Even if some people might even be listening to this, feel like they still more in the fear programs or the fear language or the fear triggers and the victim consciousness. But it's, it's your willingness at any point you can step into more resilience, more fortitude. You can flip that perception by a degree or two. And when you, so what does fear say? And you let fear speak. What would fear say about how I feel about this? But what would resilience say? What would fortitude say? What would grounding say about what I'm facing or how I'm feeling right now? Right. And when you have that ability to look from a more aerial view and you're not in the minutia of the experience where you're being blown around and blown to bits by all the winds and waves, but you can kind of hover above it with a bigger witness observer perspective and you can kind of see that aerial view. That's where you can glean a sense of empowerment of I have the tools 
to, to, which is what you did when you were a kid and your feet grounded deeper into the sand, right? It's the things that we do. And now as adults, I haven't faced, you know, something like you might have described just on the boat and facing storms at sea, but I've faced storms on land and we all face them every winter, at least if you're more in the Northern hemisphere and you face snowstorms or, but we still have it in the summer and there's hailstorms and there's all kinds of things. To think that our journeys are not designed to put some challenges before us is a really small picture living, right? If we really believe that we're here so that we don't face any adversity, we may have just missed the mark or read a manual of life that might be um, like two pages long. You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be safe and perfect and, you know, everybody in your life is fabulous all the time. And you're rosy and there's rainbows and sunshine all the time. And maybe that's a really short book for some people. But the truth is, is life is messy, right? Evolution can be messy, but it can be enriching. It can be empowering. It can be extraordinary if you allow yourself to grow your vision just a few more degrees of a more expanded, bigger picture vision and say, this was so challenging, but I did learn this in that, right? Yeah. And I did transcend or triumph in that. Even if it doesn't look like a triumph, we made it. You made it on to another chapter to move in a different direction in your life. You know, and if I can just like round us out with this thought that came to me as you were talking, yeah. which was what if, what if everything you just said is is why we incarnate as human beings. What if this journey here on this earth, facing adversity and experiencing euphoria or joy, what if it's all why we come, right? right. And and it's all about our our soul's evolution. Um, it's paradigm shifting. Yeah. If you think that the world is meant to be to tuck in as tight as you can to be safe. And right, and to try and either control things or you want to only experience things that you've already known. Right. It's not really why we came. And I think people, uh, when we have these great challenges, I think the the greatest. Didn't we have that as a quote in one of our previous podcasts? It was something about the highest the climb, the greater the view, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think the more challenges humanity is growing through, the greater the bliss is on the other side of that. Right. And if this leads into an epic renaissance period of time of new creation, people really embracing life, there are so many people that... You know, I know we're rounding this out, but people often who resist the hero's journey stay in the little job, stay in the little picture, stay in this little small world, the ordinary world of the hero before they set off on the greater adventure. And they just want things to be safe. They just want to know that they're going to have that paycheck. They just want to know where they go Monday through Friday, eight to five as a metaphor. Not everybody works that schedule, but people know what I'm talking about. They want the safety and security of the predictability of their smallness of the life that they know. And 
people who begin to wake up and the shake up of the last couple of years was to shake up the familiar, was to boot people out of their ordinary worlds where everybody got the invitation. Some people may still be talking about how unfortunate this was that this has unfolded. And I'm not saying I'm celebrating COVID. No one would say that. But anything, if it's a job loss or a loss of a loved one or whatever the things that shatter our lives, we all know the different ways that that can present itself. And yet, whatever those things are that shook up your life and shook up your perceptions and shook up how you move and you act and you believe and you step into experiences, this is designed to be a global shakeup. It is a time, in my opinion, where it's really promoting and summoning a shift in consciousness. I think it's designed to make us grow like other planetary shakings of other times in our history, right? And some of us will hear that call and really step up to be leaders and people who move into this renaissance with resilience, with fortitude, with grounding, with this sense of empowerment, and lead by example because they discovered something in this process and they will seed that into the collective skills of humanity, right? Mm. And we will be able to, other future generations will draw on the strength that we're generating now. It's like we're a generator right now of future generations' strength and fortitude and resilience just like other human beings have been for us that we can draw on that. And those are the roots of the trees that really go back ancestrally, like an ancestral tree of humanity goes back far back, farther back than we even think. And we do triumph. Some people pass into, you know, in back into spirit. And that's something, you know, that's a spirituality conversation. I mean, people have been talking about that for forever. Like, what do you believe after in the afterlife, right? But I'm just saying in our world, we have an opportunity every single day to be an instrument of a heroic soul's message for the world of how did you participate in the great renaissance of the 2020s? It's a really good question. Mm -hmm. How did you participate in the Renaissance? What was your art? What was your gift? What was your purpose and your role here? How did you help others move through that time in a way that was more positive, more empowering, more resilient and all these things? And I think, you know, it's it's important for us. I think we have our themes and we, we've covered a lot of these messages about the 12 stages of the hero's journey with Joseph Campbell. And people can go back in the archives and pull up by topic something that's going to resonate for you because you might need to hear about the ordeal again. You might need to hear about that we have mentors. Who has a mentor? Go listen to some of those podcasts. But sometimes, and I think we're right now still listening for what Fireside Chats is truly designed to be now going forward. It's in a renaissance period of itself. And I think just being messengers that we're listening for kind of the pulse of humanity and what are people going through and the things that are facing that we're facing individually and as a collective and then knowing that there will continue to be things I think in this window of time 
it's like we've analogized this, and I know we're wrapping it up, Lacey, I'll just say, of like a childbirth. It's messy and beautiful at the same time. And I think we are going through this kind of renaissance and this, this birth of sorts inside ourselves from one version of ourselves to another version of ourselves. And if we can allow ourselves to say challenges are normal, stretching is part of the process, having to let go of things that we would have insisted that we must have, but that now long, no longer serve us, if we would give ourselves permission for those to be natural elements in the process, right, then we can tap into this deeper ancestral tree of energy that we're a part of and that we get to make our mark with how we choose to be. And we can either be people who continue to sort of say the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and maybe humanity needs people who are saying those things because people will learn and grow from their encounters with that experience. But some of us are going to say, I don't feel like the sky is falling. I feel like we've, we're going through some growing pains, some labor pains maybe, but I'm excited to really tune into how do I want to participate in the change that's happening, right? And some people will be able to participate at that level too. And we want to be a voice of the different ways that people could be experiencing these times. We don't want to make people's experience wrong. We certainly want to invite people, if you're speaking in a way that makes you more fearful of yourself, right? This is a time to say, I might need more language. I might need new bridges if I don't know what they're talking about. And you can tap into a lot of the conversations that we've already had and the conversations that we still will have. Because we are going to continue to talk about these aspects and traits of the hero that are here for these times as we reshape and we reform and we, we rebirth a planet into something greater than it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. I, <laughs> from I'm a little speechless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. From teacup to the rebirth of humanity. Right. Um, you know, yeah. you never know. Never know how, where we're going to go. Uh, you don't. <laughs> and that's the beauty of conscious conversations. Yeah. And so um, I want to thank our listeners, of course. Thank you for joining us. We hope we've planted some seeds for you to think about where are you in your language, in your process, in your challenges, and in your own renaissance. And we will be back again in July for another Fireside Chats. And until then, you know, we always invite people to feel free. If you want to seed a topic, something that's near and dear to your heart that you'd like to hear us speak to or have bring some of those topics into future podcasts, we will. And visit us at wholesoulschoolandfoundation.org where you can donate there. You can shop our apparel. You can take a look at how you can support this small operation now that still has big aspirations and bigger visions. Um, in this renaissance, Whole Soul School and Foundation and Good Vibes Broadcasting has a much bigger purpose to be a messenger for the renaissance in a way at hand of what's happening. So keep tuning in and, and we appreciate all of our donors and people who support us and even the comments people make where they add their energy and their appreciation for the things that we are doing at this point. So we wish everybody a great you know, end of June. And in here in the United States of America, we celebrate July 4th in just another week or two. And that's another honoring of kind of a celebration of independence and resilience and grounding and other people who went through some big things in history. And they came out the other side to claim their liberty and their sovereignty. 
And so these are themes I think we're going to be working with for quite some time. So blessings, everyone. We'll see you soon.